Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Boom, boom. There we go. Welcome in, guys. It is Monday, the 23rd of May. And gosh, coming off of a heck of a weekend. It's not over yet. I'm going, going to the Mariners game tonight. So uh, just boom, boom, boom going to be cold and blustery again welcome back to winter in seattle i guess scott welcome in monday how are you doing i'm rolling it's nice and raining we needed some rain here there's a nice tropical storm hanging over us and giving us a nice pre-summer shower and uh it was a good weekend of baseball and softball and football and all that kind of stuff and ready to talk some denver broncos yeah it was a uh good weekend uh went to the concert on friday for portland or in Portland, Lord Huron is good. He wore, I guess I don't want to spoil the concert too much, um, but uh, the he wore like a giant like skeleton mask that was like realistic, that the jaw moved with it. And it was kind of freaky, actually. I'm like, am I seeing this? If somebody out here, I mean, it was Portland. If somebody out here is uh, doing something a little bit crazy, they're probably panicking right now. <laughs> um, burnt my forehead on uh, Saturday on the boat, enjoying the sun for the first time all year. So that was good. And uh, did a really beautiful hike yesterday. So feeling good, tired, but uh, my soul is recharged. So excited to be here. And also said it before we started the show. Um, last Monday show for a little bit for us on the Broncos for breakfast because no news starts to trickle in a little slower and slower. And also Scott and I are both extremely busy in the summer. So it's it's a little bit of a summer break. We're still going to be here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. but uh, And I might add something different on Mondays. So yeah. I might, uh, might dive into a little bit of stuff on our channel. So we'll be, we're not going anywhere, that's for sure. No, we'll still be around. Just uh, Monday is going to be on uh, summer break, just like hopefully you guys are enjoying a summer break as well. And we'll be back, no worries. Luke Wright coming in saying, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. How y'all doing? Doing well. Um, <laughs> really beautiful hike yesterday. Um, seven miles, about 1,500 feet elevation gain up to a lake that is, Still just absolutely covered in snow, but uh, it was a good time. It was a friend's birthday. Go ahead. I said, that's just crazy. It was 90 degrees here all week, you know, and uh, it's just in travel, everything becomes so accessible. It's like I could be there in a few hours. You know, it's a really, it's a small world. Yep. Yeah, it was a, it was a gorgeous hike. Old, old growth forest, blah, blah, blah. Bluebird day. Perfect. Can't complain. So doing well, tired, but uh, doing well. Dave's in the house as well, giving us the hearts. Thank you so much, Dave, over on YouTube. Ashton's in the house and the Broncos should sign Tom Brady. You know, we scoffed at that, but uh, I, I kind of scoffed at it years ago when uh, he was on the market, you know, kind of on the end swing and everything. But maybe they should have signed him when he was available. He was never coming here. But uh, that would have been kind of funny as well to go from uh, Peyton to Tom. Um, Jeremy saying last Monday for a while. Let's enjoy it. Absolutely. As much as anyone can enjoy a Monday. Um, mm-hmm. Mark Hoynack coming in here saying good morning, Broncos country. Actually having a little sun peeking out. Send it my way, man. I'd actually save it for this weekend. I'm a little bit nervous uh, for this weekend for me, but we'll see. EJ's in the house, too. Good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos Country. Diamond Rattler's in the house saying, boom, let's ride. Michael Ronquillo in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. U.S. Dave also speaking Spanish to me. Buenos dias, compadres. I think I nailed that one. That's that's not a hard that one. That sounded pretty good. Good, 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 good. Uh, Michael Ronquillo in the house saying, good morning, Broncos Country. Let's ride and let's go. Diamond's dreaming about Russell Wilson uh, said had a dream last night. Russell Wilson retired before the season started. That is not a dream. That's a nightmare. I don't know about y'all, but I am between 12 and 20 years old in almost all of my dreams. Almost all of them without hmm. fail. I had, I have like no, every once in a while I have a dream about uh, my family and I'm like, okay, so they've entered my subconscious. Finally, you know, I've only been married 20 years and got a 12 year old and a 10 year old, but it's, it's almost always school age. So no current events for me. Russell Wilson retiring. Yeah, that'd hurt. <laughs> that one is a nightmare. Yeah, that's uh no thanks. I, I really don't drink dream about football or anything that much. I'm such a heavy sleeper, and I feel like when the alarm wakes me up, it's just like jostles and everything is blinked. It's like the etch a sketch. If you were if you were uh were a snooze button guy, that's where you'd hit your dreams. That five, yep. you know, five minute snooze where you're kind of dies and I don't sleep that heavy. I'm awake constantly. Mm. Like is it time to get up? No. Is it time to get up? No. 
mean, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. Saturday morning. I got up at 4.30. Yeah. Is the time to get up? No. It sucks. I used to think, okay, it's nice. Oh, I got an hour left to sleep. Then you realize you're not sleeping worth a damn. Nope. Not at all. I'm a alarm up, feet on the ground <laughs> immediately. But uh, typically, I don't remember my dreams unless they're a nightmare. So uh, who knows? That's like a heart rate you up completely. Kind of thing. Yep, you have exactly. to wake up to remember them. So, and that's what, you know, Jeremy says. Uh, says, I hardly ever remember my dreams. It's because you have to wake up for them. So, um, anyway, enough dream talk. What's the dream? What's the dream this week? Did you already have it? Russell Wilson's here. New coach. Uh, KJ Hamler looks to be healthy. You know, yeah. dream big. Stuff. Dream big, everybody. Dreaming big. Also, Kathy's in here speaking of dreaming. It's going to be dream time for her soon over there in Germany. Saying hello, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Good to see you. Chris Jenkins in the house too. Morning, Broncos family. Bama X. Good morning, Broncos country. Dom's in the house saying good morning to us as well. Sunny days. Bronco gang. Good to see you. Kevin Gray is in the house. Awesome to see you. Timbo Slice. It's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Says what's up, fellas. Broncos country. Doing well. Really enjoying the weekend. Send uh, praying. Doing an anti-rain dance for this weekend. I got a friend coming up to do a backpacking trip in the Olympic Peninsula. And it looks like it could be cold and wet, which would be a little unmiserable. Yeah, yeah, because you're you know hiking 16 miles into the backcountry. That could be rough. Um, Rob in the house saying, good morning, Nick and Scott, my favorite MHH team. Thank you so much. That's so nice of you to say. Uh, what are some things to look for in OTAs? Chemistry. Um, typically, OTAs, I don't really put too much stock in them because I am more of a film guy, and the Broncos have yet to answer me, giving me, hey, give me the all-22 practice film. No, um, they're not going to give that out to anybody. So I'm looking, I'm looking for guys to play confidently, not anybody making any like egregious errors guys stay out of trouble and guys stay healthy. It's healthy. Already, it's all that's, that's the one, but I, I, I snickered when you said stay out of trouble because I, that might be more important. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, there's no, this time of year, there's not a lot of good headlines. Almost no. everything. If you scroll like the college, go to ESPN slash college football or any national page, it's all bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy, stay healthy is a big one. Uh, learn the system have fun doing it, but it's nothing. It shouldn't be anything too earth shattering coming out of OTAs for goodness sakes. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree with you there. I mean, I guess there is sometimes where things happen, but it's mainly when it's like rookies come in and it's like, Oh my gosh, like boom, immediately this guy is a total difference maker. Uh, I think the big thing for OTAs that uh, I'm going to take away is it's we're already there. It's just the difference in feel and culture, culture. Yeah. That's culture the shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it, immediately just the the expectations the demands everybody everything's been dialed up because people know they're ready to go when you don't have the quarterback it's easy just kind of meander in nothingness uh that's where the broncos have been in five years like oh maybe will they won't they no you have a guy now the energy has changed the culture has changed you're getting after it and getting after it today for us as well jacob foster coming in with the big stars over on facebook thank you so much for the support jacob we really appreciate you and uh Copy rubber stamp this one. Jacob, if you ever had any comments for us or questions, um, get at us because you deserve uh, a chance to be uh, if you have any questions. So front of the line. It's like the fast pass when you go to uh, the any of the amusement parks and whatnot. So we appreciate you, Jacob, and hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Um, we also have fallen sloths in the house and good morning in Broncos country. Hope everyone's days are off to a great start. I'm a little tired, but I'm doing well. Um, we also got Clee saying KJ Hamler's healthy. Next thing to tell me is there's world peace. Hey, now we get, we want to manifest good things right now, but uh, he is as healthy as he has been in a while. It might be a little bit slow, but I think he's farther along than most of us would have expected right now. I mean, he's, yeah. he's on pace to be ready for the you know first game. That's really good news on my book. Yep. Yeah. I mean, anything you can get from KJ Hamler this year is gravy and uh, he is a, he's not your best weapon, but he's your most unique weapon. Um, and he brings an element to the game as far as yards after catch, as far as cover, uh, dictating coverage with the speed. He can stretch you not only vertically, but horizontally. We need KJ Hammer to be healthy. He is a catalyst for the offense. He was a catalyst for the offense last year. I know they were playing trash teams those first few weeks, but the offense really took a dive as far as uh, defensive players in the box, uh, explosive pass plays per game, et cetera, et cetera, once KJ Hamler went down. So you want KJ to be healthy. He's he's a well, great player when he's out there. And speaking of KJ Hamler, uh, I saw his name this morning as I was perusing around the net and uh, Bleach Report did a the best kept secret on every roster. And yeah. I'm like, all right, you know, who you know, it feels like there aren't secrets on this team. You know, who could it be? Who could be that guy? And uh the the writer Maurice Moton or Moton, Moton, I'm gonna say Moton. Uh, he chose KJ Hamler for the Denver Broncos. Um, 
He says, despite former Denver Broncos quarterback struggles with accuracy, uh, 57%, uh, Hamler caught 30 passes for 381 yards and three touchdowns in his rookie season. Last year, he tore his ACL. But he's on the men, but well ahead of schedule on his recovery, and he's got a link to that. And um, should be, uh, I don't know that he's the, the best kept secret. He might be, because again, who outside of Denver Broncos country really knows KJ Hamler right now? Penn State. That's, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, but, but you know, I mean, in yeah. the NFL world, I mean, we we like to think that there's a ton of crossover between NFL and college, and there's really not. There's there's not as much as you might think. Yeah. Um, most college fans have um, an NFL team, but not necessarily vice versa. And then they're only watching their NFL team. They don't know fantasy yeah. football has been what's been the boom for the NFL the last twenty five years. Really has been. I was just on the boat party the other day. They were talking football. Like, I didn't give a hoop, but in fantasy football, now we're all like talk, trying to trade mm-hmm. running backs. And it's like, mm-hmm. good for you. Good for the NFL, too. Um, the other sports just can't capture the – it's way too much managing, uh, too yeah. much effort, where you can just set it once a week, much easier. Uh, James Hyatt saying, good morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos, Broncos for breakfast country. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you very much, James. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great weekend as well. Um, we have, uh, Kathy also coming in and saying, it's nice for a change to think about who is going to be quarterback two and not quarterback one. I hope Rippon wins it just for the record. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're thinking about quarterback two, you're thinking about other things that I'm not because if Russell Wilson gets hurt, then, um, uh, I'm thinking about where the Broncos going and with the third round in the draft, because yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, damn, I wish we had a higher draft pick next year. Yeah. Yep. That's uh knock on all the wood, uh, for that one, because my God, that's, that would totally change. That would make things really bad for the Broncos, of course. Um, but I'm not really thinking about quarterback one or two. Have you thought about the competition much? I don't think I think they paid. I, Josh I don't Johnson. think there is one because I don't see anybody on the roster that's a legitimate NFL quarterback. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's not like, OK, you know, this guy comes in. So it's not a competition. It's plan A. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you reference that all the time. It's plan A. That's it. Yep. There is no plan B a quarterback. Yeah, it would be Not right uh, now in, in season. If something were to happen, maybe you get desperate and do something silly. But if it's 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 plan, it's plan A. Yep. And uh, plan A right now is to get to TD Randall coming in with a two dollars super over on YouTube. Thank you very much, TD. Hope you're doing well. Rocking the shades, the hat and the uh, is that a full goatee there. You're rocking. It. I mean. I really want to grow some facial hair, Scott. I can kind of get the mustache and stuff. My cousins for my sister's wedding coming up. Hopefully my wife can't hear this or trying to convince me to everybody go mustache for me. I'm like, well, there will be one wedding and there will be one divorce if that happens. But uh, <laughs> if, they, if they keep bullying me enough, I might be able to do it. Uh, we'll see. It'll be a good time. I like um, uh, Stone Cold Tim comes in and thank you to you, Randall. Appreciate the support, my friend. Uh, it says, speaking of Bleach Report, you guys see the articles just suggesting we grab Cam Newton as a backup. No, but that is SEO porn right there is what that is denver broncos free agent cam newton five destinations for cam newton um everyone clicks. yes that that's part of it too uh that's that's part of today's revenue driving model as well not gonna happen um it was raining so I, i took my kids to school today and on the way they're separate schools so i drove them separately so almost cut me off and just reminded me of uh i said have you ever heard of homie the clown you know in living color you know homie don't play that if you haven't seen homie the clown google it damon waynes is homie the clown uh is hilarious is just awesome legendary and uh cam newton to uh to to uh the denver broncos i have got a pretty good idea what he would say right now homie would say to that one i mean i enjoyed cam newton when he was a player uh, when he was playing for the Panthers. I mean, obviously some people didn't like the showmanship and stuff, but man, he was a fun player and I'm here for good players in the NFL that make the game better. And he was definitely one of them, especially ones that the Broncos don't really have to play that much. Um, I guess I can't really speak for you being that he was a road bump. For yeah, but, you. but I don't care about that. I knew Cam when he was at Westlake high school, you know, I covered yeah. his recruitment and all that stuff. And plus remember he, he won a, championship at auburn where i went yeah, to school true that means true. A lot. <laughs> yeah that means a lot more to me than whatever he did uh, you know panthers falcons stuff i don't care yeah i'm a fan of cam newton but you don't bring in that ego and i don't say that negatively you know that personality that drama that surrounds him to this team now that's a an emergency smash glass option if plan a fails that's not a we're not doing that. You're not doing anything like that uh, preseason. No way. No way. 
Yeah. No, you're uh, you're correct on that one. I guess. <laughs> Never mind. We don't even want to speak into an existence. We're talking Russell Wilson's plan A, and there's no plan B. So uh, that's that's where we are. Um, we also and have then uh, some. He exceeded yeah. expectations. Did Cam Newton live up to his potential? And then some. Uh, that year that he won a, a I don't know, MVP. I don't think it was BCS championship at the time. Oh. Because I refuse to call it now. I refuse to call the BCS national a national champion. I always called it just the BCS champion because it was such baloney how the teams were chosen. Yeah. Um, but did he live up to his potential? And then some. If you look at the box scores when he was at Auburn, he had a game where he won where he carried the ball like forty five times and threw like five passes early in the season. And then by the the uh, the SEC championship game against South Carolina, he's throwing the ball 40, 45 times. MVP goes to the Super Bowl. Cam Newton was absolutely worthy of the number one pick and was a great pick and a great football player in this league. Uh, lived up to his potential for sure. Yeah, the conversation about Cam Newton, not to get too off the rails, but uh, he was dominant uh, when he was at his peak, but he fell off pretty hard and pretty quick. Uh, why is that? Is it because his style of game was much more based on the physical traits versus, you know, the Tom Brady, Drew Brees pocket-esque, you know, I'm going to beat you with my mind that has my tools completely diminish. I know that Cam Newton had a shoulder injury that also completely zapped him um, as well that caused some issues for him. But at his peak, he was a fun player. His style of play, though, does make you wonder how it's a sample size of one, which means that it's not predictive. You know, if there was any R value to it, it would be not great. Um, but he make his style of play and how he fell off makes you wonder about guys like Josh Allen makes you wonder about guys like Lamar Jackson, et cetera, et cetera. These guys with these incredible uh, physical tools, not that they aren't cerebral, but they aren't cerebral to the extent that, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees were. Um, so makes you wonder about the, the longevity of those type of quarterbacks, if they would follow a Cam Newton path or if Cam's falling off has much more to do with just the reality of the shoulder injury and everything. And, um, Again, and the Panthers. Yeah. <laughs> it's a team game. Yeah. You know, if he's if he's having that run, if he's drafted by the Patriots, does he have a, a longer run and more success? You know, the Panthers haven't been good and didn't do a great job of building around him either. Yeah. Yeah, in case FC Donley saying uh, Vaughn broke Cam. Also, Timbo saying Vaughn had him seen Ghost after that. Yeah, that was the uh, that was the beginning of the end uh, for Cam Newton, but... Uh, he was a he was a fun player when he played, and uh, the NFL league was better with him in it uh, when he was healthy. So we'll see what happens with him. Black John Snow coming in saying Cam will be a good backup quarterback. Having him around a mature Russell can help him. Let's not act like he isn't better than some starting quarterbacks. He probably is better than some starting quarterbacks, but those starting quarterbacks that he is better than are that you know, the starting quarterbacks that he's better than are guys that are essentially on rookie contracts that you're hoping can be something. Uh, so that's obviously Cam Newton is much older compared to some of those guys on those rookie contracts that teams are trying to figure out if they're going to be the dudes or not. But I can't think of any starting quarterbacks in the league offhand that I would say definitively Cam Newton is better than with a caveat that they aren't like first, second year, third year quarterbacks, maybe well, Carson Wentz. What's interesting to me is the, com the, the comment here is, is having him around a mature Russell. Cam's 33 years old. You know, he's, he's no kid. Um, yeah. No, he is definitely better, but that's, that's the point. Yeah. You're not bringing in a player that is starting capable quarterback with the, like I said, ego for, I can't think of a really better word for it, but the persona, the gravitas that he has, he's a show. Um, he is the show when he shows up, you're not bringing that dynamic into, into the locker room with an established starter. Now, if Russell Wilson were to go down, I'd be on the phone with Cam Newton in a heartbeat. Absolutely. But yeah. this isn't fantasy football. This isn't Madden. These are locker rooms with people and players and egos, and it all matters. And you don't need anybody questioning who the who the number one guy is as far as who the leader of this team is because there is one. And Cam would upset that dynamic, plain and simple. Yep. It's not about yeah. for me. It's not about Cam as a player. It's about Cam as a person. He needs to be somewhere where he can push for the starting position. That's not going to happen in Denver. Yep. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm hoping for the best for him, but we'll see what happens, uh, where he goes and what's next for him. Um, thank you so much for the comment, Black John Snow. We got Sting Guy coming in saying, I have concerns about Melvin Gordon's fumbling issues. In a wide zone run scheme, I can see him playing a major role. How many games will we lose this year due to his fumbles? I mean, he only had one more fumble than Javante Williams last year. So are we concerned about Javante Williams as well? I, The fumbles are something that's definitely going to be concerning. And given the stakes the Broncos have now compared to last year. 
Uh, every fumble is going to be more magnified. Uh, but that said, I think the fumbles will be better this year. Last year was an outlier compared to his rookie year. He fumbled the ball a lot. Um, then it got better after that. Last year was three fumbles. I think the mo- most since his rookie year. I expect it to be better this year. Um, so am I worried about it? No, I think it's just something that you kind of accept that you should also expect to regress back to the norm. Um, and also last year, I think he fumbled the ball three times and all three of them were picked up by the opposing team. That's that's an outlier. That doesn't typically happen. Well, and they're Toronto, all bad situations too. Yeah. You know, they're all memorable is the problem. Yeah. Um, and I don't think, I don't think um, Melvin Gordon will be getting the ball as much in critical situations. There yeah. is a number one on this team, as far as I'm concerned, and I think we will see that play out. That's that's my hot take, the yeah. prediction. We're not going to see Melvin in, in, in crucial situations. Um, not that every – in close games, th- throughout a tight game, every play possession can be critical, especially yeah. if you have a turnover. But, you know, fourth quarters, comebacks, killing a game, that kind of stuff. You're going to see Javante Williams with the ball in his hand. Yeah, I agree with you. The one caveat I will add is – uh crucial situations that the Broncos are trying to play comeback football. I think Melvin Gordon is a more nuanced uh, pass catcher uh, than Javonta Williams is right now. So if you're looking to try to use the running back in the pass game, more so than a, both of them are actually really good pass protectors, which I adore. That is my, like, <laughs> it's a binary. Yes or no. If you have it, if you don't have it, I don't want you on my team period. End of story. You need to be able to pass protect as a running back in today's NFL. Um, so uh, both of those guys can do that. But Melvin Gordon, I think is a little bit better out of the backfield as a option in the pass game outside of just the pure dump offs uh, stuff. It just more nuanced as a route runner. So we'll see. Um, I'm excited about both these guys. And if you guys didn't tune in Saturday uh, for mile high insiders, Luke and I dug in pretty deep on the uh, Broncos running backs as well. And conflating it to the Packers who, while the Packers had like a 57 43 split uh, passing to running plays, the Packers number two, and number four, pass catchers last year in terms of reception totals were running backs. So the running backs, even if they're not running the football, are probably going to be pretty heavily utilized in this offense. Obviously not an exact one for one because you have way better depth in your wide receiver core in Denver than green Bay had last year, where it was Devonte Adams and question marks mostly. Uh, but either way, um, expect to get these guys out here. Not that worried about Melvin Gordon's fumbles. Um, and like I said, last year, he fumbled the ball three times. All three were picked up by the other team. Javante Williams fumbled it twice. Both of them ended up with uh, going back to Denver we have data now over many years that if a fumble goes on the ba- on the ground, it's a coin flip. So the fact that the opposing team picked up three of Melvin Gordon's fumbles and Javante Williams, the Broncos cup recovered both of them, not likely to happen again. It's just as likely it could be flipped. So a 50, 50 chance there on each of those. Well, and, and the one that he didn't fumble was right before Melvin Gordon did against yep. uh, the Washington football team, you know, Javante Williams. I was listening to that one on the radio, hmm. uh, and it's like Javante Williams fumbles. Oh, no, no, no. He was ruled down. So Melvin Gordon gets the carry the next one. He fumbles. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So yeah. uh, it's, again, it they, they're they highlighted. You know, three fumbles. It's just it, it, when you've already got that stigma, now you're watching for it. Now when it yeah. happens, you're like, see, I knew it. I told you. He was going to fumble. Get him yeah. out of there. Um, it just hurts that much more. So it's, it's up to him to, to make sure. But uh, PD Swag comes in. Um, see, Philip Lindsay's the only player since 1950 with 700 plus touches the NFL and zero career fumbles. It's a very cool stat. I will tell you that. Um, I I just, I, I looked it up. It was 622 carries and 81 receptions without a fumble in, uh, in four years. Pretty cool. Very cool. Thank you. PD. Yeah. And I hope he does well in India as well. Um, Lindsay's the type you, I told you, you just heard me say it. I have a have or a have not, or a if you do not have this trait, then I'm not interested in you really on my team. And that is a uh, pass protection. Lindsay doesn't fumble the ball, but also he doesn't bring much in the pass game. So, um, and specifically as a blocker. So, hope he does well in Indy. I mean, it's a good situation where I'll probably be the third back, assuming he makes the team there. Um, he'll have carries. They're going to use the ground game a lot. Probably try to protect Matt Ryan some with that. And um, he should have a pretty good, pretty good career there, especially with the Colts' offensive line. And Kevin here also, we talked about Melvin Gordon here. He says, I worry about the offensive line more than anything for me too. I'm not worried about Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I'm worried about the efficiency and the ability specifically of the interior offensive line. If we're talking run game, Billy Turner, he is what he is. I think he's going to be fine. Um, But the interior trio of who knows, (laughs) I don't think Dalton Reisner has got a guaranteed spot there. Center is a, not a good spot for the Broncos and right guard. Quinn Myers was good last year, but he's also inconsistent. And everybody just assumes, I mean, 
close your eyes and think back three years ago, Broncos country, everybody was like, oh my God, Dalton Reisner was so good his rookie season and he's going to just get better every single year. No, it doesn't always work that way. Guys plateau, guys regress. Um, so Quinn Miners, you, I think it's a safe bet to assume he can continue his form last season and get better, but it's not a guarantee. Um, there's no guarantees. Uh, linear progression and growth is not a reality in the NFL. This does not always work that way. So uh, we'll see how the interior looks that, for the run game. That's the biggest question for me. I'm, I'm with Kevin too. I worry about the offensive line more than anything. I mean, go, go through the roster. Now uh, we can start out to end wide receiver strength tight end. Um, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm pleased with the options there. I'm a fan of Albert Okawebanam yeah. and I like the big hybrid athlete in uh, Greg Dulcich. Uh, yeah. Look at the OL. Mm. Okay. Mm. You got bowls, right tackle, maybe center. Mm. Uh, does minor step up and, and, and continue progressing? Maybe Glasgow. Uh, it's uh yeah. that becomes definitely more of a, more of a question for me. Absolutely. Uh, Black John Snow also coming in saying uh, any news on bringing back AJ Johnson, Alexander Johnson uh, back at linebacker, having eight linebackers last year, hurt last year uh, was hard on us. He, he's still out there. Um, and he was actually mentioned in the Bleacher Report article that we're going to dive into here pretty soon. Um, but uh, Alexander Johnson thoughts on him. I, I don't think he's going to be back uh, considering you it sounds like they really like Jonas Griffith. Uh, if they're planning on a hybrid role for Barry Browning, I think, Part of that is as much because they are not going to field linebackers that much, but they still want to get that athlete out there. So they're trying to figure out how to cross train uh, Baron Browning to work on him. Uh, so that way he can play the mug position as a linebacker, lining up over an A gap or uh, standing up over a, a D gap as a, uh, an edge rusher of sorts. So um, if there's an injury in camp and AJ is still out there, yes, of course. But uh, how it stands right now, I don't think that is a, is probable. They also signed Alex Singleton who, mm-hmm cheap special teams guy worst case scenario he's out there for a bit former, racking former up leading tackler you know yeah. talent you know he's got some talent inexpensive you've got a lot of bodies there i just i don't see it happen uh yeah. and again like you said uh black john snow having eight linebackers hurt hopefully that doesn't happen again um yeah. but what we did see was you know was linebacker play the the reason this team didn't succeed last year no you had all those guys hurt and you're able to plug and play um, credit to Fangio's defense and scheme for being able to do that, but there's guys out there that can do a job, uh, that can be had for pretty cheap. And, uh, Alexander Johnson probably isn't going to want to look for very cheap. Uh, Mark yeah. Schrader coming in saying, good morning guys morning. coming with some stars a little late today. Well, we're glad you're here better late than not at all. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And uh sting guy also coming in saying, oops. Well, oh, we sorry, to Ryan. Quick. I like, I like okay. this question from Ryan says, would Lindsay be so pined for if he wasn't a local kid? Yeah, he would. If he was an undrafted kid, I think from San Diego state and came in and had a couple back-to-back thousand yards years as the, the underdog. Um, people love an underdog. It's a good story. He yeah. came in with no expectations, exceeded them, played very well, worked his way into a lot of Broncos hearts. So yeah. he maybe not so pined for, but I think you'd still be having a lot of people, uh, think well of him for sure. I mean, there's a, another guy who was a quarterback here that grew up a, uh, chiefs fan that didn't have the success that Philip Lindsay did. And he's still being talked about on this pod as early as well now. And last night. Yeah. So I don't think the local thing has as much to do with it as the fact that he has, he's got a great story and was really good. He was really good for the Broncos. Yeah. Absolutely. And Sting guy coming in saying, I hope you're right, Nick. One thing I know for certain is a good running game is a quarterback's best friend. I think a good offensive line is a quarterback's best friend. Personally, I think that's a, it's changed a tad, but yes, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams should help out. Uh, Russell Wilson. But the running game doesn't happen without the good OL. Those just yes. kind of go hand in hand. Yeah. But the OL, then you also have him not getting hit or pressured <laughs> or whatnot. So it's a double for me. It's like, Oh, definitely offensive line, but uh, yeah, it would be good. Um, I'm hoping that uh, the offensive line, We'll be good this season. So uh, let's get, oh, we have Heath Holmes first. This is what I wanted to get to. Morning, Nick and Scott. I think the Chiefs are in for another slight dip this season. A couple years ago, they lost a running game in Kareem Hunt. Now Hill, only Mahomes and Kelsey left from those days. I mean, this is, this was always going to happen eventually with given where Mahomes was at in his career. And uh, the question is going to be just how good, how the main question, honestly, is how long is Andy Reid going to be there? Uh, Because obviously he is an older head coach and, um, how much longer can he keep going as what he is? Who knows? Um, but the Chiefs are going to have to go undergo multiple 
revolutions, evolutions during their time uh, having Patrick Mahomes. And uh, this is just the honestly, this is I would say this is the first one where they're going to change how they're attacking offense or attacking defenses and what they look like with Patrick Mahomes. So this is a revolution, an evolution. We've seen that. I mean, you can think back to any good quarterback who's had a really long career. Think about how different uh, Tom Brady, his first few Super Bowls were to Tom Brady with like Dante Stallworth, Wes Welker, and Randy Moss, to Tom Brady with the likes of Aaron Hernandez and Rob Gronkowski, to Tom Brady uh, with Tampa Bay. You know, just these different iterations and uh, versions of what offenses look like around those quarterbacks. So I think this is what you're going to see here. I do agree with you that the Chiefs do take a slight step back this year because Kareem Hunt, or excuse me, Tyree Kill is probably the most dynamic and influential past weapon in the NFL right now, given what he can do after the catch, given what he does coverage-wise. Uh, but I think long-term, the Chiefs are going to be fine because they had a good draft, and they still have bleeping Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and the slight dip um, was from 12-4 and four to 10-6 and six back to 12-4. and four. Yeah. You know, oh, they, they made the playoffs and lost a wild card. Um, the Chiefs have set a standard right now where that is a slight dip for them. That is... Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, that doesn't do you a lot of favors during the regular season. So got to take care of business and the streak this year for sure. And, uh, but yeah, they're, they're as vulnerable this year as I think they've been in the last, when you, when you look at the record 12 and five, 14 and two, 12 and four, 12 and four, 10 and six, they might be as vulnerable as they've been since that 10, 10 and six season in 2017. Yep. I agree with you on that one. So we'll see uh, how it plays out there. And uh, Reese Scott coming in saying, uh, talking about Kansas City says, the Chiefs have depth issues, depth issues uh, that are their biggest weakness, good talent, but lack of quality depth. Um, I don't think they're, I think the Chiefs' biggest concerns are their pass rush and their secondary. I think they have good safeties, but I don't think their cornerback room is very good. I know they traded up for uh, Trent McDuffie, but uh, he's a rookie cornerback. And I mean, Rookie cornerbacks. Not every not every rookie cornerback is going to come in and look like Patrick Sertan, guys. Don't let that uh, don't let his season last year confuse you. Most of the time, they come in and have a little bit of struggles year one. Um, so that's one that's concerning. Also, their pass rush depth. Uh, I love Chris Jones. There's probably nobody that's a non-Chiefs fan that likes Chris Jones as much as I do. Um, I've been a huge fan of him since his Mississippi State days. But um, outside of him, it's a lot of question marks. Frank Clark has not been very good for him, and if they could move on from him, they would. His contract makes it hard to move on. After that, I don't know who's rushing the passer for Kansas City. That is uh, super valuable for them. Obviously, George Karloftis, we'll see how he plays this year out of Purdue. But uh, Chiefs do have some weaknesses. I think they're mostly, though, on the defensive side of the ball. And Sertan is a good player that came into a good situation. You know, that was yeah. a, a veteran Broncos defense where he was able to come in and be a piece of it rather than being the savior of it. You know, coming in, you got... Fuller didn't live up to expectations, but being there helped take the pressure off Patrick Sertan early. Uh, Darby, Simmons, uh, even Kajak back there. And then you've got, you know, some of the, you know, Von Miller being there, Bradley Chubb. It was a veteran defensive defensive unit that was very good. And it allowed him to kind of be himself and not have too much uh, to the weight of expectations on him for a top 10 pick. And uh, it was a good, good year for him. Yeah. No, absolutely correct here. And uh, C. Patrick Havner coming in with the support here. Thank you so much, C. Patrick Havner. Uh, we appreciate you. Hope you have a uh, great Monday. Hope you had a good weekend as well uh, with the fam. And uh, hoping for some good weather Memorial Day weekend. God, I'm just going to keep saying that. Please, good vibes. Just let it do it. Um, we got skunk last year. I did four backpacking trips last year, and I only had one that was very good weather. So hoping that we <laughs> get some luck this year. But you never know. The Pacific Northwest can be a cruel mistress. Um so moving on here, we want to talk about the main topic now, get into it now. Uh, Bleacher Report recently had an article. Uh, Zach Kelberman hit on it as well over on Mile High Huddle. If you want to check that out, he goes into some details here. But we're, Scott and I are going to put our own spin on it. But uh, an article from, uh, oh goodness, the name I wrote it down here, Alex Ballantyne over on Bleacher Report and wrote about seven teams, nine teams, excuse me, where a player would be a good fit on a different team. And the Broncos are actually on here um, with a team uh, or with a player fit. Uh, that would be interesting for them. And they suggest that the Denver Broncos should go out and sign interior defensive lineman, Akeem Hicks of the Chicago bears. Um, and uh, they write on the article that the moment the Denver Broncos traded a treasure trove of draft picks, I don't think it was that expensive, but a lot of draft picks and three players for Russell Wilson. They were officially in win now mode. That means they should be aggressive in addressing areas. They can improve after losing Shelby Harris in the Wilson trade. They acquired defensive tackle DJ Jones. That's a start, but the interior line could still use some pop. 
Jones is a good run defender, but only had two sacks and has never topped three in a season. Akeem Hicks last year had three and a half and was limited to just nine games. Draymond Jones and Harris were the sack leaders in the Broncos last season, so they relied heavily on the interior defenders to get a rush. Even at 30, they didn't just rely on the, heavily on the interior guys. Their edge rushers were terrible, but I digress. Um, <laughs> terrible. Uh, they, they did rely on the interior guys, but they didn't want to. Yeah, God, um, even at 32 years old, Hicks can still wreak havoc when healthy. According to sports info solutions, SIS, uh, he had 14 pressures and six tackles for a loss in just his nine games last season In a loaded AFC West. The Broncos could use more pass rush help when they can get it. And Hicks has the flexibility to provide it in multiple alignments on the inside. So, uh, dating back a while, uh, I've said many times on this show and all the other shows that I would be interested in bringing in Akeem Hicks for this defense, especially with Ejiro Evero running this defense. I'm expecting the Broncos to, they're going to be in sub package a lot this year, but I think it's going to be sub package where it's going to be five guys along the defensive line. So you want the starter that would have been Shelby Harris's spot is going to be a spot that sees a lot of snaps. Still, it's not going to be the static four, two, five. I think it's going to be a lot of five, one, five, um, insert friends joke here, but, uh, Nicker every time I'm a big child. Can't help it. But uh, I think Akeem Hicks definitely could help in this offense. And this would be, so camp is coming up. And if Akeem Hicks is still out there, this would be, okay, McTelman Najim, still not it. Uh, Awuzarike, who we just drafted, we like him a lot, but he's probably still a year away. Let's bring in Akeem Hicks, one-year deal to be a starter there because we're going to see the heavy rotation of that four-eye technique position there along the defensive line that uh, right now is maybe a little bit of a question mark. So I, I understand it. I understand it too. And uh, if you're looking at your big man options at the nose guard position, you're, you know, you're mm-hmm. more than 305 plus. Who are you looking at right now? If you're in a 3 4 base, yeah. you're looking at Mike Purcell, who we've been trying to like, you know, the last couple pods, I think we've been trying to ship him out and save a couple million dollars. Um, or you're looking at the rookie, Uzurike. Uh, Those aren't great options. Now, I- I've actually been kind of trying to defend Purcell just a little bit because he's cheap I mean for yeah. for this guy he's you know 40% of the cost of a guy like Akeem Hicks you know he you got what you paid for to a certain extent you know he's yeah. I think last year he was making less than the punter and the kicker you know this is a starting nose guard I mean again it's not that's not Mike Purcell's fault <laughs> but could you get an upgrade on him now uh, Akeem Hicks made about 11 million dollars last year he hadn't, he hadn't gotten that deal yet this year. So no. what could you bring him in for? You know, five to seven? Yeah, I think I could find five to seven. And I would probably say, I would probably save that 2.8 or whatever it is on Mike Purcell and put it towards that and say, okay, you're our guy. You're our guy in this spot. Wuzurike can back him up. Um, and again, it's not just nose guard, one job. Like you said, he can play any one of those three spots on the interior line in a three, four, or if you want to go four, three, however you want to do it, but he is a, a, a versatile, a more versatile defensive lineman. And it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. I personally, if I've got $10 million to spend, I'd be shopping for an offensive lineman. Yeah. Question is who I know I, that's the point, you know, who yeah. is, is he available? Is there, is there someone that's going to be available? So I wouldn't be any rush to do that because come June one, there's going to be some guys that are cap casualties. You're like, wait a minute, you know, this four time pro bowler just hit the market, you know? So there's going to be, I, I firmly believe there will be some players available that I wouldn't be in a rush to eat up what's left of my salary cap right now for a guy like Akeem Hicks. I would hold because I still feel the offensive line is the bigger concern as opposed to your interior defensive line, which right now, for the most part, again, the idea of Melvin Ajim starting scares the hell out of me. Um, but for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't burn through what's left of my salary cap right now for Hicks, knowing there's going to be a, more big guys available on both sides of the ball. A uh, big thing for me would be his health. Um, unsure where he has at at this point in his career, given his age and the injuries he's dealt with the last few seasons. So is he even healthy enough to get a big contract? It would have to probably be a pretty incentive laden contract as well. You said five to seven. My head was at four to six with the baseline being four and then ability to earn two more with incentives. Yeah. yeah. Which gets there, which gets yep. there. I'm just thinking you made, you know, close to 11 last year. What was he on last year? Uh, 12 million in, in, in total compensation. Yeah. You know, he ain't playing for half that. Well, 
then he's not playing here. Um, then he that's, might that, not. That's what I mean. And that's he why might you're not saying, you know, to hell with it. This yeah. is a rough game. I'm tired of getting beat up. I've got plenty of yep. money in the bank. Yep. Very possible. I know he came in late too. I think he was a Canadian football league guy uh, at first as well. And then came to the league. So um, either way, I think he'd be a good, a very good signing for the Broncos. Uh, mm-hmm. Given your question marks now at the, four eye spot opposite of Draymond Jones. And especially if the Broncos are going to mimic the defensive personnel usage uh, is what the Rams did last year. Cause they used three interior defensive linemen a lot uh, instead of, you know, people are thinking of the Broncos as far as what does a nickel defense look like? They think of the two interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers and two linebackers, the stack linebackers of the second level. Not really what the Rams did. Uh, they did a lot of three interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers, and then one linebacker with uh, five defensive backs out there and um, had a lot of versatility um, with those guys, especially those edge rushers. They were just okay. as likely in that look to drop back into coverage. When you've got edge rushers that are athletic, it gives you a lot of options. Those are basically, you know, jumbo fast linebackers yep. um, that, that have the ability to go backwards. And then you're bringing pressure from God knows where, you know, or three coming or four that, that gives you a multiple front like that with five on the line that can, that can run with the tight ends, cover the zone, get out in the flats with the backs gives you a lot of options. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think specifically uh, two guys who really come to mind for that, but I think you could argue three Um, Nick Benito. Perfect for that role. Uh, Absolutely. Perfect. And we talk about him as far as a static edge setter and run defender, but it's going to be rough. You're one. I mean, you, you guys think that I'm tough on him. Listen to what George Payton and the coaching staff have to say pretty, pretty rigorously or pretty consistently. Yeah. He's got to get bigger and stronger and better against the run every single time when they talk about him. Yeah. Okay. No, duh. If I say that I'm considered mean, but if they say it, Oh man, they're insightful. No. Um, but uh, definitely for sure. That's true. You can kind of protect that somewhat though, in a five, one, five kind of look where he's just as likely to twist and stunt or come after the quarterback as he's to drop back and uh, not be relevant as far as his, edge setting prowess uh, when you have a little bit more meat up front. So we'll see Baron Browning, the same thing. Also, I think Randy Gregory uh, can do that from time to time as well. Good enough athlete dropping into space with some length uh, where you can from, from some downs uh, use him in a uh, drop back situation to get other guys going there and attack different gaps. You've seen zone blitzes where 300 pound defensive ends drop back into, you know, in coverage. I mean, it, it happens. So yeah, you can do a lot of different things with, you know, an, a four, four edge rusher for God's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Greg Smith. Aloha to you saying a uh, good morning. Broncos for breakfast a little bit late. That's okay. Better late than never. We appreciate you. Also. I saw Kayleon was in here somewhere. I was going to f- say hello to Kayleon green. Where are you Kayleon? Well, Kayleon, well you're probably- looking, I'm going to, we're going to get to Mark Schrader. while while we're hunting down, I'll hunt down. If you, if you want to do the read sure. and answer the question, uh, is Treader still available? JC Treader. What are your thoughts on him? Um, JC Treader is he, is he still available? I thought he was with the Packers there for a number of years. Honestly, he hasn't even crossed my mind. Um, other than his, uh, leadership in the, uh, in the, he was the president of the NFL players association. So if he is available, I think you would have to be interested, right? You brought over, uh, Justin Outen, you brought over Nathaniel Hackett. Treader was with the Packers for a number of years and then going to the Browns. Maybe, maybe I'm getting my timeline off there when, when Treader was with them. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, if Treader is available and healthy, then I would be interested in bringing him in. Uh, no doubt. He's been one of the better centers in the football when healthy. So, uh, good call on that one. I just haven't even thought about JC Treader. I'm going to look that one up. Uh, JC Treader. He's in a Brown shirt, Cleveland Browns. Yeah. He, so he's, he was originally with the Packers, then went to the Browns. So he's okay. still out there. I'm not sure why he is still out there. Um, yeah, it's JC Treader's in, limited interest remains a mystery establishing himself as one of the better centers. Um, also, he's the president of the NFL Players Association. Any thoughts there as far as maybe people teams are avoiding him because of his linkage to the NFLPA? Is that something? I don't think that matters too much, honestly. Um, okay. It's not the world's most powerful union, yeah. for God's sakes. Um, no. If Tom Glavin could get away with it with the Atlanta Braves and baseball, where there's legit animosity there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's see. His dead cap hit for this year is is 1-7. Um, he was available three-year contract, 30 million is what he's coming off on. So again, there's another, it's almost like those guys in purgatory, Nick, you know, those guys, yeah. aren't the, they're not cheap, but they're not superstars. It's the middle management that is getting wiped out. The $10 million guys. It's like, well, we don't want to spend 10 here. Um, yeah. you can get a guy for two or we're going to spend 20 or we just can't, we just spent 20, so we can't afford 10. Um, but he is another one of those middle guys, just like Akeem Hicks. So absolutely still available. So again, there's 
there's players out there that yeah. my Akeem Hicks would not be my first priority for what's left of my salary cap. I think I've said that three times now. So hopefully that's clear. <laughs> for sure. And the I guy that I was in line first, I, my, my priority would be to get a, a, a sure enough dog on the offensive line. If, if he's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Green King, I, what? Yo, what's up, Kayla? I hope you're Yo, doing well. See you. Uh, this, the late Scott Hall, uh, passed away recently he always opened up his mike socks but you go hey yo that's yeah. uh that's uh for a little more wrestling speak i never got into the wrestling other than the actual like sport of wrestling because in iowa it's a, a religion almost um T- tommy simmers coming in saying speaking of uh Ivero with his 515 defense alignment uh does chubb get his hand in the dirt with this setup maybe on third and long especially if bottle is that Benito? I don't know what that is. A burrito. It's a burrito. There we go. Especially if burrito or browning a flash again can be used to hide the pressure. Definitely you'll see some looks uh, with Chubb uh, standing up and doing different things there as a four eye or a five technique or something. That's going to, th- I think that's going to be a little bit more exotic looks there. So it's not going to be very often. It's going to have to be like obvious pass down. No, it's like it's third and eight. The other team is down by 10 and it's halfway th- or you have 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. That's when you can start to see some of those more exotic alignments and looks there because while Chubb is a strong player at the point of attack, uh, more or less a bigger body uh, for that stand-up linebacker position, he's not somebody that you want hanging against a double double team against a garden tackle against the run. So if it's an obvious pass down where you can do a lot of different stuff and attack gaps with twists and stunts and delayed blitzes and simulated pressure, then absolutely. Um, You're going to see some funky stuff up there. Uh, but you want to be able to rotate guys anyway. Uh, so even if you're, you're, I'd be okay with a, a play where let's say you have Benito lined up as a stand-up edge rusher and then Baron Browning over the a gap and then Chubb is off the field for that down. You know, that's, you're going to have a rotation there. I think Chubb is going to be more valuable in your more static uh, four, two, five kind of looks uh, classic, more classic edge rush uh, positions. Chris Hernandez coming in with the stars and the support over on Facebook saying, have a great day uh, with the exclamation point and the, the orange and blue heart. So we appreciate you, Chris. Hopefully you have a great day as well. Happy Monday to you. Hope you had a good weekend. Yeah. I saw a comment from going back to the, the versatility. And I think it was Tommy that said, Randy Gregory better be able to do everything for what we paid him and kind of crinkled my eyebrows together. I'm like, he's got the 46th lowest cap hit in uh, among edge rushers in the NFL. Yeah, got Randy Gregory for a freaking bargain, uh, and he can get out of that early. I mean, if he earns all that money, great. But that was a that was a hell of a deal for what you're getting on him. That's yeah. one of the best deals. Could end up being one of the best deals of the off season. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, Jeremy saying, I'd like to see Nick break down historical wrestlers by their measurables. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. Tony Atlas. Yeah. That was my guy. One of my first guys. I think he was like a former Mister Olympia or something. Um, Look, uh, he was, uh, see, I, it was near and dear to my heart in Atlanta. The old NWA was here um, down at like center stage or something back when they didn't do anything fun on TV. Um, they they basically did everything for their uh, for their live shows, you know. Mm. So it was, they'd film it in a studio with like maybe 50 people in the crowd watching and then they'd sell out the Omni. Um, and there was never any good matches on. So it was basically soap operas with better acting and better stunts. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. It was one thing my mom would not let me watch wrestling. I had to sneak it. I had to sneak it in. And it was like on the superstation channel 17 with my UHF little circle antenna to watch Ric Flair and Tony Atlas and the junkyard dog. And then, uh, so I, I, I enjoyed it. It, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, under the giant would have been a great offensive tackle. I bet maybe a little bit too much, uh, maybe too high on him. I want to see what the foot speed looks like. Um, but, uh, I'm sure he'd have been a great player. Um, that's the thing, man. It's I think I mentioned it on here before I was my few of my buddies are big NBA guys and I just don't have enough time to commit that much to the NBA. Um, and I watch it and I'm just like, these guys should be playing freaking football. Like this what is driving me nuts. It, it'll, it'll break your heart. If you're go, if you go to like a, an AAU tournament and you see six, three to six foot guys, six foot five guys everywhere, they're all over the place mm-hmm. who won't get a sniff of money in basketball. Like, dude, yep. I got scholarship money waiting on you uh, yeah. to play football. Six three to six five is big. That's a big wide receiver. Or edge rushers too. I mean, some of these power are the more 
stocky uh, guard small forward types, man. Most of the time, you can't you can't translate basketball players to defense. Um, they're just, I just want the athlete, especially yeah, young. It's just it's just it's a different mentality, you know, where yeah. they're the the basketball mentality translates better to catching and running than it does mm-hmm. to uh, absorbing hits and hitting other people. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I just see the wingspans and the body types. I'm like, man, you could bench press a tackle and get under him. No problem. Um, mainly, I, honestly, I see that more when I watch NCAA football, but I, or NCAA basketball, but I digress. Um, guys, we're going to get out of here pretty soon, actually. I got to go pick up groceries. Um, so uh, if you got any last minute comments before we uh, get on out of here, um, or any super chats or thoughts a, on the weekend or dancing like wow star. Yeah, I haven't man. seen that one, Gary, that looks interesting. So appreciate the, uh, and, and Streamyard asks us all the time, you know, how'd it go? Yes. Thumbs up, thumbs down. What can we do better? I'm like, I want to be able to show the graphics on Facebook because y'all do some very cool things, especially when you come in every so often you get it like a giant donation and the screen goes kaboom. Yeah. I want to show that. That'd be awesome. Anyway. Absolutely. Uh, that would be, it is a bummer that we can't see the, like on YouTube, it, it's really obvious, uh, the super chats and whatnot on Facebook, a little less obvious, a little more work for us. So, um, Which we don't I mind. Guess, we just want you to get the props you deserve for, absolutely. you know, a very cool sticker, Gary. So we try and make up, make it up to you. Appreciate the support. Yeah. Thank you so much. GLP. Hope you had a good weekend. Hopefully your health as well. Uh, so wrapping it up here, Broncos signing Akeem Hicks, according to the article, not, not actually don't be to clip that. The, advocating for the Bronx to sign Akeem Hicks. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't be against it. Uh, this article did just get a uh, player fit. Correct. Um, they listed that uh, the Browns should bring back Jadavian Clowney. And lo and behold, Jadavian Clowney is now back with the Cleveland Browns, AFC West, right? Excuse me. The AFC just keeps getting better and better, unfortunately. But uh, Akeem Hicks, it'd make a lot of sense to me. And this is as much as how much of an unknown Mick Telvin regime is uh, at the four I spot. And Awuzarike, uh, uh, Iowa State pass rusher, uh, defensive lineman that the Broncos just drafted in the fourth round. So wouldn't be against it. It all comes down to the contract and the health, though, which he's still out there. There's questions there for me that, because of that. And, um, unfortunately, there's a reason why Melvin Ajim is unknown. Mick Telvin. Mick Telvin, I'm sorry. Mick Telvin. Yeah. Mick Telvin Ajim is unknown. I was worried, more worried about screwing up his last name. You got, um, you got the last name. McTelvin, McTelvin Ajim is unknown, and I'm screwing up his name. There's a reason why I can say Awuzarike yeah. and Okawebanam, um, but 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 screw up McTelvin Ajim's name because he hasn't earned it yet. And it'd be yeah. great if he did. He had a he, he got a premium draft pick on him. And again, the athletic big men are hard, hard to find. Uh, he is an athletic big man, and if he can come in and fill a role and take that jump forward. You got something there. That would be a dream. We're talking. We started off talking dreams and nightmares early. That would be a dream scenario for the Denver Broncos. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. PD swag. PD swag coming in saying you guys are awesome. Thank you for putting in the time with us. Let's go Broncos country. You guys make it. Make the time. So we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. Um, Sting guy coming in saying, "Is this Chubb's last season? If he gets less than ten sacks, depends on what it looks like. Um, if he's like on his way to, let's say he has eight sacks in five games, and then." gets injured and it's not, it's like a pectoral injury, then maybe we're having a different conversation. Um, either way, if he gets injured again, I guess we're having a different conversation, but right now I think it's a coin flip 50, uh, 50 is Chubb back next year or not a lot. A lot has to be played out. We have a lot of information that we're going to gather. So we don't know yet, but uh, definitely possible. If he has less than 10 sacks this season, want to see what it looks like, but that doesn't help his cause. He's on 14 million this year. So yeah. he could get offered another contract, but it's not going to be at 14. Um, if it, if it, if it comes down, you know, if he has less than 10 sacks, he's not getting a multi-year deal with 14 or more. Um, he could come back at half that price. If, if, if we see it, um, would someone else be willing to take a flyer on him? We just mentioned a couple guys that were in that 10 to 11 range who are not getting contracts yet. That's where he'll be. He'll be in that purgatory where he's not going to make as much as he was making. He's younger. So that helps. But, um, you know, he, he he no one has more incentive on in this world than Bradley Chubb to have a big year. It could literally be a hundred million dollar season for him. Yep. And um, you know, at least a 20 million on a tag. Uh so that would be great. If you lose him to a giant free agent contract, that meant he had a monster season. Great, thank you. Um, but he's is this his last season with the Denver Broncos? Yes. Calling a shot. He said yes to that one. We'll, yes. we'll see. Um, 
I want to gather we'll more see. data. But yes. Because if you have to ask, you got to bet right now, Scott, which one is it? Bradley, Bradley Chubb plays for someone else next year. <sighs> Certainly possible. Um, unfortunately, because he's been good when he's been healthy, but he hasn't been amazing. And it's kind of unfortunate for him following Von Miller because he's expecting him to be Von Miller was, Oh, he just has to be the best edge rusher in football. Okay. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> well, and right now I'm just looking again. What's a, you ask about contracts, right? Nick, is he worth yeah. what he's paid? No, he's not. He hasn't, he's, he's getting paid 14 million this year. Do you have a $14 million player out of him? Not right now. And if he's not worth what he's getting paid, then he's gone. And he probably wouldn't want, okay, we want you to come back, but we want you to take a, a three-year $21 million contract. You know, if your current employer tells you that, you say, okay, I'm, I'm looking elsewhere. That that yeah. makes you feel bad. He's yeah. going to, he might get 321 somewhere else, but it's not, it's hard to take that kind of a pay cut and stay. Glasgow did it, credit to him. Glasgow did it and some, some guys do it, but I just, I would love it. I would love it for him to play into a year where you've got to, so do we need to tag him now? Do we need to tag him? Do we need to offer him a contract? That'd be great. Love to see it. Good luck to him. That's what we're rooting yeah. for. Yeah, absolutely. Rooting for him all the way. Uh, thank you so much. We got Michael coming in saying great show today. Nick and Scott and Broncos for breakfast. Lots of ride. Greg Smith also saying, hey, Nick, uh, All-American, former Iowa State boo, wrestler. Dim Dustin lives across the street from me. Um, probably butchered his last name. Um, well, that's awesome. Either way. Um, I'm not the uh, not an Iowa State guy. Iowa all, all the way, obviously, since half my wardrobe is Iowa, I think. Um, but uh, we uh, that's awesome still. Uh, really cool to hear. This will be the nicest thing I'll ever say about Iowa State, but uh, Ames is a fun college town. A lot of fun things to do there. It's pretty campus. So uh, they're just, you know, they're little brother to me. And I have to tease them like they are little brother. I, it's not like my full out disdain. I don't have full out disdain for Iowa State like I do Nebraska. Like I actually do not like <laughs> the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Iowa State is, you know, the little guy. They haven't beat us in football in what, 10 years or something. So good for you, Iowa State. Yeah, but, as you uh, get older, you don't care as much. You'll get into yeah. it. You're 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 well traveled enough in things. You know the, the Auburn Alabama. The, the nastiest rivalry in sports is Auburn and Alabama because in the state of Alabama, there's nothing else going on. So Iowa Iowa State could be a little like that. Uh, but you're well traveled enough. You live in Seattle. It, that will go with time where you're like, oh, I don't even care. Like I told you, I quit a job one time for not getting to go to a football game. I'm like, listen, I'm going to this game. Uh, what you decide to do after that is is up to you. I'm going. I will not be here on Saturday. Um, now I'm like, yeah, okay. They're playing. Who's playing? I don't know who's playing. Uh, what time's Chelsea playing? My kids play at noon. That's what I know. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Um, well guys, we got to get on out of here. I got to go pick up groceries, but we appreciate you. The corn wars. Absolutely. At, uh, Iowa produces way more corn. I, the, Nebraska's still the corn Huskers. I don't know what you tell you guys. Um, but, uh, we appreciate you. We're going to see you again live tomorrow, Tuesday morning. Um, if you have any topics you want us to dig into, obviously it's that time of year where if there's anything like, Hey, I'm really curious about X, uh, we appreciate you. Then, uh, we also got Timbo saying, I still can't believe how Nick is a S St. Louis Cardinals fan. Yep. Um, family, my dad's side of the family born and raised in North central Missouri and uh Cardinals baseball was on every single day on the radio. Uh, when I'd go down and visit the family farm down there, it's religion in that neck of the woods. It's either Cardinals or Cubs. Yep. A lot of Cub fans in East mm -hmm. Iowa, but, uh, I'm from a little further south there, Southern Iowa, and then uh, Missouri as well, originally, uh, my family. So love the cards, love the Broncos, love the Hawkeyes. Other than that, don't have time for you. Um, but uh, speaking of time, we got to get on out of here. We appreciate you guys. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Make sure you're following Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I am at Nick Kendall MHH over on Twitter. Also follow us on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, also, make sure you're checking out the gear at uh, huddleuppod.com. I know Chad has totally changed the website. There's new, new gear store. coming. It looks, it looks sharp. It really does. Absolutely. I am uh, I need to get myself some uh, Mile High Huddle gear as well. Probably need to get some to uh, rock for the week one game that I'll be attending there uh, in Seattle with the Broncos versus Seahawks. Also, make sure you're following our Facebook community at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle, as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. And as the ticker says underneath, because somehow it got changed to a ticker, make sure you are liking, subscribing, and sharing, hitting that bell notification over on Mile High Huddle Huddle Up on YouTube, so that way you know when we go live. Uh, we appreciate you guys. Uh, we will see you soon. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Timbo saying go Cubs. Woof, the bad note to end on there. And uh, we appreciate you. Have a good one. Choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.
morning, Broncos country.